North Park family, I'm Pastor Anthony. It is such an honor to be with you today for our online worship experience. You made our day when you logged on. Each and every week, we are worshiping together in a safe environment at Riverbend Middle School, and we would love to have you with us face to face. This is a great online experience, but nothing takes the place of being with your church family. And I just want you to know that we miss you and we are saving a seat for you. And we we want to see you very, very soon. Today we're concluding our series, Seats Taken. This is episode three. If you've missed the first couple of messages, certainly you can go back and watch those. But we're going to dive into 1 John chapter 4 today. And you can turn there in your Bible or you can go to your YouVersion smartphone app, go to the menu events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures and notes are going to be right there for you. One of my favorite things at North Park when we're together in person is the fact that we are the home of 17 high fives and we take an opportunity before we dive into the word each week to give 17 people a high five or a fist bump or just a wave at them. Most importantly, we're looking people in the eye, we're getting to know them, we're laughing together, we're smiling together, and we're experiencing God. God's Word together. Now, you're not with us in person, and that's okay, but we want you to maybe send a text to a few people. It doesn't have to be 17, but make a point of contact today. Invite someone to watch this experience with you, and let's learn and grow together. We are better together. We love you. We are cheering you on. Let's dive into God's Word together today. When I was a kid, I'll be honest, I did get my way a lot. Some of it was because I was the favorite child. Ask my mom and dad, they'll tell you that. Some of it was because I was the youngest. Some of it was because I was the youngest of five and my parents were just pretty worn out by this time. And they were like, sure, whatever. Some of it was because I was just really persistent. I just kept asking until I got the answer that I want. I'm a little ashamed to tell you I did that, but I was a persistent kid. And as a parent, I am very quick to drop a maybe. Because for me as a parent, uh, a maybe is kind of like a delayed no. If my kids ask for something and I didn't want to see them melt down in Walmart, or um, I didn't want to watch them cry in that moment, hoping maybe they'd forget about what it was they wanted, I would give them a maybe, which was for me a delayed no. But as a kid, when my parents would give me a maybe, it was like a sliver of hope. And it was permission to just keep asking. Because until I heard a no, I just kept going after it. The reality was, if I got something in my head, I could not let it go. And so I just keep asking. And finally, my parents would be like, fine, whatever you want, just stop asking. See, maybe you're like me when I was a kid and now as an adult can still find myself in this pattern of behavior. When we get something on our minds, oftentimes we just can't let it go. The thought consumes us. Maybe you're stuck with a thought or you're stuck with an attitude and no matter what you seem to do, you just can't shake it. And the problem is it's not 
like you're wanting the newest G.I. Joe action figure or you're trying to go home with a friend on a Sunday afternoon. No, no, no. You're burdened with a faulty concept of who you are. And maybe you can't seem to break free from some gripping temptation. You know what God wants for you, yet it's difficult for you to get your mind off of this path that's leading you in a different direction. I mean, there's a thought process and a thought pattern that leads us to what God wants for our life. And there's also a thought pattern that can lead us in a very different direction. Over the last several weeks, we keep going back to this concept of thoughts become attitudes and our attitudes become actions, and our actions determine our outcomes. So our thought process is very important. Now the battle for your life is fought and won on the battlefield of your mind. And a lot of times we lose the battle on the battlefield of our minds. God wants you to take control of your thoughts. He wants you to take control of your mind and in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can actually accomplish that. Now we've spent a lot of time over the last several weeks talking about the power of our thoughts and why it's important that we do not give the enemy a seat at our table because that is a place of influence and it's a place where where we're, we're constantly battling our thoughts and, and our mindset and we want to make sure that that seat of influence in our life is where Jesus sits and that we are allowing him through the power of the Holy Spirit to influence and guide us every step of the way so we can follow him by taking the steps that he wants, that path that leads to righteousness or right living, certainly not following that path that's taking us away from God's purpose and plan in our lives. And I bet by this point you would say, Pastor, I get it, all right? We've been talking about our thought life and our mindset long enough. I get it. And I think you understand why it's important that we don't give the enemy a seat at the table. But maybe you still aren't convinced that you can actually accomplish it. Here's the good news. As a follower of Jesus, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The moment that you said yes to Jesus, I mean the moment that you believed and you confessed with your mouth, you believed in your heart and you confessed your sins, the Bible says that He's faithful and He's just and He forgives us of sin and cleanses us from unrighteousness. He cast our sin as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. The Bible says that that old things pass away. Behold, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of things that happens in that moment when you pray that prayer of dedication in your heart to Jesus and you invite him to be your Lord and Savior. But there's another thing that also happens in that moment. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You know, when you're reading the Bible and you're watching these disciples who are following Jesus, I often think about that relationship that Jesus had with those disciples. And what a beautiful thing that was, that they had a front row seat to watch what God was doing. I'm talking about the miracles and the teaching and, and the time just to sit at His feet. What a beautiful thing. 
But here's the thing. They were with Jesus and Jesus was with them. And that was, that was pretty special. Here's what you've got to see. Today as a follower of Jesus, you have him on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not just with you. He is on the inside of you. And you have everything at your disposal that you need to be successful in following him and taking your thoughts captive. And because of that relationship, because of what Jesus has done for you and on the inside of you, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Look at what 1 John 4 and 4 says. It says, you belong to God, dear children. You have already won a victory over those people, those false teachers in our world, because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit that lives in this world. I grew up learning that verse in, in, in a certain translation that puts it this way. Greater is He that is within me than he that is within this world. Why don't you say that right now where you are? I don't care if you're on a treadmill or you're driving down the road in your car. Maybe you're working and you've just got a earbud in as you're working at your computer. Maybe you're sitting in your living room with your family right now having breakfast. Why'd you just say that with me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You are an overcomer. You are a victor, not a victim, because of what Jesus has done on the inside of you. And sometimes we just need to stand in front of a mirror and remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. We have to develop the right mindset if we're going to win this battle on the battlefield of our mind. Now, there's a lot of talk in our world today about those affirmations that we speak and those affirmations that we speak over ourselves, giving ourselves a pep talk. In fact, there are a few different schools of thought on how we actually do that and carry it out. There's one school of thought that's maybe you just need to give yourself some grace and speak some affirmations over yourself every day. And, and maybe like the theologian Bruno Mars said, when I see your face, there's not a thing that I would change because you're amazing just the way you are. Maybe that's what you do every morning. You sing and you just remind yourself you're doing great. You're amazing just the way you are. But then there's David Groggins. David Groggins is a very different person when it comes to mindset. In fact, David is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL. And in addition to that service to his country, listen to this, ultra marathon runner, ultra distance cyclist, triathlete, I don't even know what most of those are, former world record holder for the most pull-ups done in 24 hours. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this guy is beast. Like he is a man's man. I can't think of anyone being more strong and mental, um, just mentally strong than someone who's been in, in, in as a U.S. Navy SEAL, right? I've, I saw the movie G.I. Jane. Like we've all seen those movies where people are training to be in Navy SEAL. We've all heard about Hell Week. And it's crazy that, that these guys can endure not just the physical torture that they go through, but the mental torture. 
What I read in his book is they're not just trying to break you down physically when you go through those trainings to be a Navy SEAL. They're trying to break you down mentally. But he wrote this book called Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds. Now, David um, Goggins like challenges his readers throughout this book to toughen up and push themselves beyond their perceived capabilities to be uncommon through these various challenges in life. And one of the challenges that he talks about is the accountability mirror. So let's go back. There's that Bruno Mars idea that give yourself grace and let what you do today be enough. And you're, 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 you're amazing just the way you are. You don't have to change. Um, David's a little different um, in his approach. The accountability mirror, he basically says you need to stand in front of the mirror every day and just be just like truthful with yourself, painfully truthful with yourself. He says you need to look at yourself in the mirror and if you're overweight, you need to call it out and you need to say you're that way because you're lazy and you're not doing anything about it. Therefore, nothing's going to change. And so if you want to be fit, then you've got to get off your behind and do something. Like you look yourself in the mirror every day and call out the cold, hard facts and hold yourself accountable. He says if you didn't do well on a test, you need to stand in front of the mirror and call yourself out and say it's because you didn't work hard and it's because you were lazy and if you want to get ahead you're going to have to do something different and nobody's going to do that for you. It's a pretty tough mindset. It's kind of brutal. And as I was reading this, I started thinking, man, that's kind of tough. Like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm created to be a Navy SEAL. Like, I, I'm going to be honest, I was in the marching band and wanted to quit because band camp in the summer was too hot. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to make it through hell week. What I'm saying is those are two very different mindsets. And there's probably some truth between those two extremes. And I think we probably need to live within those truths. There are times when we do need to give ourselves grace. There are times when we need to be painfully obvious, but we need to acknowledge the truth and that there are areas of our life where we do need to change and not because we've done it ourselves or because we're more self-disciplined than someone else or we're more committed than someone else, but instead we recognize as followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and we can develop a plan and have the courage and self-control to tackle those areas of our lives and, and experience improvement in those areas of our lives. And so what I'm saying is if you've struggled on the battlefield of your mind, yeah, maybe give yourself some grace, but also recognize the truth that there are some areas that need to change in our lives. And if we have a plan, recognizing the Holy Spirit is giving us courage and self-control to carry it out, then we can actually work that plan in such a way that we can experience freedom and success as we battle on the battlefield of our minds. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, For the mind set on flesh is death. So the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. I love that wording. If, if we're walking by the Spirit of God, we can experience life and peace. And let's think about where that peace is, right? It's peace that we have in our minds and in our hearts. And for so many of us, it's been a really, 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 really long time 
since you've experienced peace. I'm talking about the peace that the Word of God describes as peace that passes our ability to even understand it. Now, other translations of Romans chapter 8 verse 6 use words like controlled or governed. So it would say this, the mind governed or controlled by the flesh, that leads to death. But the mind governed or controlled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, is life and it's peace. See, we can have a new mindset with a new way of seeing ourselves and a new way of thinking about life. The question is, how do we set our minds on what the Spirit desires? I mean, that's really the question, isn't it? I mean, we want more of, of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God wants more of us. So how do we set our minds on the things of, of, of the Spirit, what the Spirit desires in us? See, winning the mind battle means replacing old harmful thoughts with new life-giving thoughts. And some of us have very toxic ways of thinking. And we've got some old patterns that we look at the world. We've got an old lens in which we see the world through. And so winning the mind battle means replacing those old harmful toxic things with new life-giving thoughts. Some of us have got some stinking thinking and we have to shift that. How do we shift that? How do we experience transformation and life change? Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is one of my very favorite verses of scripture. And it gives us an answer to that question because it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One translation says, be transformed by changing the way that you think. Now, the way that you change, the way you think, or the way that you renew your mind is wrap your thoughts around Scripture. Now, a lot of us, we don't wrap our thoughts around Scripture. We wrap our thoughts around the worry and the stress, uh, the anxiety that plagues our life. We wrap our minds um, around all of the information that is being piped into our lives because of social media or the internet. And so instead of all of those things being what we wrap our minds around, we need to wrap our thoughts around scripture and hold on to those scriptures with everything that we have within us. Now here, I've got a little challenge for you. My encouragement to you is that as you begin this process that you start small and that you realign your thinking with God's Word, and that is a process. Now, how do we follow a process? We do that by taking one step at a time. And so I challenge you to, over the next seven days, to realign your thinking with God's Word. Louis Giglio is a great author and pastor, and he gives a great challenge in his book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And, and I want us to accept this challenge that he gives to us. And here's the challenge. I want to give you seven thoughts and seven verses of Scripture. And I want you to take one new thought and one new Scripture every day this week. I'm going to give you all seven of them right now. But then I want you to go back to this material 
And I want you to go back to these notes. I hope you're taking notes or you can save the notes and the scriptures in the YouVersion Bible app. We're going to release some of that stuff this week on social media. But I want you to take one new thought and one new scripture every day. And on Monday, we're going to grab the first thought, the first scripture, and we're going to meditate on those thoughts. Uh, we're going to meditate on the scripture, and we're going to learn it. And we're just going to over and over throughout the day, just speak that thought in our mind, memorize that verse of scripture, and we're going to take a new thought in scripture each day so that by the end of the week, you'll be well on your way to being transformed by changing the way you think, renewing your mind. So let's look at seven thoughts and seven scriptures. Here's the first new thought. I am in God's story. See, the story is bigger than you. God's not invited into your story. That's not what this is about. That's flipped. We've been invited to his story. It's not about us. It is about him. And he has invited you to have a seat at his table. And so this week, I want you to grab hold of the thought that I am in God's story. He loves me enough to invite me to be a part of his story. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is a great verse for you to memorize and grab hold of. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you have lost hope, but if you can grab a new mindset, here's what's going to happen. Your hope is going to re be renewed as well. How great is that, that when we begin to be transformed by the renewing of our mind or changing the way that we think, not only is our mind renewed, but our hope is renewed, that mercy is renewed, that love is renewed in our heart. What a beautiful thing. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's the second thought. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter what someone told you, you are not an accident. It's not random. You're not here by chance. You're walking this planet. You have air in your body because God made you with intention and there is a purpose for your life. He formed you and he knows your name. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. You know what my prayer for you is today? Is that you would begin to believe what God says about you. If you could just do that. If you would begin to grab hold of everything that God says about you and his word and actually believe it be a game changer for you. Here's the third thing. My life has purpose. Be reminded today that you were created with purpose. Don't buy into this lie that you don't matter and that you're expendable. You are not. God put you on this earth for a purpose and your purpose is as unique as your fingerprint. You know, your fingerprint's the one thing that sets you apart from everyone else in this world. Like, it's one of the things. There are other things, but that's one of the things. And the vision that God has for you, the purpose for which you were created, 
It's as unique as your fingerprint. Your life matters. Your contribution matters. It matters to him. It matters to us. You matter to us. Ephesians 2 and 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Your life has purpose. Here's the fourth thing. The cross has the final word. It doesn't matter what anyone else says about you or thinks about you. The cross has the final word. It doesn't matter what anybody else has said about you or to you. The cross has the final word. Jesus demonstrated your value when he laid down his life for you on a cross. Your life began when Jesus cried out, it is finished. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. What powerful words. Here's the fifth thought, and I like this. I serve at the pleasure of the king. You know, I, I love the movie or the show West Wing. Uh, it's a show that came on many years ago, and it's just kind of centered around the White House and the office of the presidency. And I always liked when, when the staff around the president would, would say that, that people would, the president would ask them to do something, and, and their response would be, I serve at the pleasure of the president. I love this thought. I serve at the pleasure of the king. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I serve at the pleasure of the King. You know, the work of Jesus transforms your work. And I know some of you think that maybe the work that you do might not be very important. I know some of us think like that and that you're merely just showing up to, to, to withdraw a check or to punch a clock. You're not just merely working at a job. You serve at the pleasure of the king. And so whatever you do, whatever you put your hands to, let it be worship. The Bible says that whatever you do in his name, that it becomes worship. And so let the job that you do, the work that you do, be for him and not the person that gave you an assignment. You serve at the pleasure of the king. So do it with excellence with everything that you have within you. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We talk a lot about mission statements. Do you have a personal mission statement? If not, let me give you one that you can use as a template. I am dispatched by the Holy Spirit on a kingdom assignment to be light in a world of darkness so others can see Jesus. What a powerful thing. Here's the next thought. Jesus is my Lord. Not just that he is Lord. That's important. That's an important distinction. We could say Jesus is Lord, but how powerful is it to say Jesus is my Lord? And the God that you serve is stronger than anything, higher than anything, and worthy of all of our praise. Your God is the great king, and his kingdom is forever. 
Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 say, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him, Jesus, the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Jesus is my Lord. And here's the final statement. My God works all things for good. My God works all things for good. You and I both know life does not always turn out the way that we hope. Life does not always turn out the way that we plan. And life doesn't always turn out the way that we pray. The reason is we live in a broken world. And we live in a fallen world um, that has been ravaged by sin. And we live in judgment and consequence of sin that's in our world. But you know that makes him no less powerful and no less good. When things are not going the way that you hoped, dreamed, planned, and prayed, you know what? You can recognize and, and, and be confident in the fact that he's still good and he's still God and he's still working on your behalf and he works all things for good. How do I know that? Romans 8 and 28 tells me that. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. You know what? Jesus lives in you. And when Jesus lives in you, your slate is clean. You are free from condemnation. You're given new life. And you know what? You're placed in a new family. You have a relationship with God through Jesus. And so together, let's commit today to surrender completely to him and be available to him. And when you do, I love the way Louis Giglio describes what happens. He will lead you to green pastures and quiet waters. He will lead you through dark valleys, but you don't ever need to fear. You will not be in want, but Jesus will restore your soul. Jesus will lead you to a table in the presence of your enemies, but there's nothing to worry about because your head is dripping with anointing and your cup overflows with abundance. And goodness, mercy are following you all the days of your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word that empowers us and gives us something to hold on to in the fight of life. And in your word is where we find peace and hope and joy. Lord, we discover your love. We discover who you are. And I pray that as we wrap our minds and take this challenge to hold on to your word and apply these scriptures to our life and fill our minds and hearts with the truth of your word, I pray like never before that we would begin to be renewed, 
that we would begin to change the way we think, therefore experience life change and transformation. And that as we begin to experience that in our minds, in our hearts, Lord, that our eyes would be open to see what you want us to see, and our ears would be open to hear what you want us to hear, and our hearts would be open to receive what you want us to receive. And I pray that as we walk, that we are controlled, that we are governed by your Spirit, as your Word declares, we will experience life and peace. And Lord, I pray if there's someone listening to this today or watching this, Lord, that they don't have that personal relationship with you, that right where they are, Lord, that they would simply pray, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I confess that I am a sinner and I need your grace. I ask you to wash me, cleanse me, set me free. Give me strength to live my life for you. And I pray that as they pray that prayer, they recognize everything happening in this moment, that they are becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus, that old things are passing away, a new life has become. Lord, that you are casting sin as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. And right now they are, they are experiencing the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. What a beautiful experience as we say yes to you. Invite you to not just be the Lord, but to be our Lord and Savior. And we give you the praise, the honor and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love to get to know you more, and we can do that a few different ways. First of all, we'd love for you to join us in person at Riverbend Middle School. Again, we have a safe environment for your family to come and learn and grow together as followers of Jesus and be connected to this church family. We also would love for you to jump over to northparkrdu.com if you're not already there and click the digital connect card. There's an opportunity there for you to learn more about our church family and give us an opportunity to learn more about you and plug you into the ministries that are happening right here. We'd love for you to take the next step in your life, whatever that is. Maybe that next step is salvation. Maybe it's to be um, Maybe it's to be baptized, to go public in your faith. Maybe that's to join a life group. Maybe you're ready to serve. Maybe you're tired of just coming and sitting back and receiving information or just sitting in a seat and kind of watching it all happen. But maybe you're ready to make an investment and take ownership and be a part of what God is doing in this city. And we would love for you to partner with us in that way. There is an opportunity for you to use your gifts at North Park Church. And we'd love to talk to you about that and how that can happen. And finally, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to join with you and pray about anything going on in your life. We believe bold prayer honors God and God honors bold prayer. So trust us enough to hit that prayer request button and let us pray with you and your family. 
And also, if you would like to make an investment to build lifelong followers of Jesus, a financial investment, why don't you hit that online giving button at northparkrdu.com and take the opportunity to do that. And we want to thank you in advance for your generosity. Because of your generosity, people's lives are being changed, literally here and around the world. I just want you today to know we are grateful for you. I want you to be reminded that you are loved and we are cheering you on.